Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. We are, let me count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Today we are smushing together seven scriptures from Romans chapter 12 and we have two practical postures for us. So we're talking about how we do life together how we relate to each other and as we're, as we're singing and praising the name of Jesus, He wants us, His heart for us is, is that we would walk together as one, that we would walk together in unity. And the, the famous prayer of or Jesus' big prayer we see in, in John and, and chapter 17 of that, we see Jesus calling out, crying out that we would be one as He and the Father are one. This, this cry of unity, this prayer, this lean-in of Jesus. Now, he's praying that you and I and believers around the world would be united. Now, it's a, it's a beautiful sentiment, unity. It's a really difficult behavior. So, you know, if you're, if you're married here, you know how hard it is just to be united with your spouse, just to get along with them and find a point of unity with one person. Yeah. Where we're talking, and then you then you multiply that out through an extended family, and you get together at Christmas time, and it's just perfect, right? Everyone just plays nicely. There are different personalities and and ways of seeing the world that, that come together and it, it's a, again unity is a beautiful concept but a very difficult reality a very difficult action for us to actually follow through on and then you multiply that from a family and then you you multiply it out to say a church like this and and so you've got a hundred different people coming together at, at different times and and jesus says i want you to walk together as one that's nice jesus walk together as one and then not just this church but the body of christ the Across the world and this is how the world would know that Jesus Christ is real, real that we could play along nicely together like it's, it's profound the importance on us figuring out how to do life together as one bringing all of our distinctions and unique personality and gifts etc but coming together to walk unified in Christ and then it's this unity that displays the unity between Father and the Son, which glorifies them, and ultimately then the world could see through us what Jesus is like. And so no pressure, but this is what he calls us to. And so I think, because it's funny, when, whenever churches talk about relationships, it can be a bit like a, the NAF series, that it's like, oh, I don't really need to go to the relationship series. Uh, I do all right. I think we need a relationship series every day because it's so easy to get it even 80% right and that 20% does damage in ways that are really profound. And so can we lean in together today to go, Lord, would you continue your work in me of your perfect love breaking out in my heart? Because the reality is if the standard God calls us to is perfection. So when you think you're doing well in Christianity, we just have to remember again that he calls us to love him perfectly, every breath. And then to love others perfectly, every action. 
Every moment. That's what he calls us to. So, so whenever I start feeling good, like, man, I'm a good Christian. And when I think about what I used to be, whew, I've come a long way. He was a little punk, only a semi-punk. So, so then we've got to hold ourselves up against the standard that God has and remind ourselves again that, man, Lord, I fall short. I'm a sinner who needs a savior. And so I present myself to you. This is my sacrifice, my life saying, I'm a sinner. Be my savior. Let your heart be alive in mine to transform me more and more like the image of Christ for the sake of others. And that is the most powerful place to us to, for us to live, actively wanting to be more like Jesus and for him to move in us and grow us and, and shape us. And, and so we're going we're gonna to dive in. So let's, let's, I'm just going to read these, these scriptures from Romans 12. Verse 3. Don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Let's just meditate there, shall we? Take that as your memory. Whose memory verse is that? I've never seen a tattoo of that scripture on uh, <laughs> Philippians 4.13. Yeah, but Romans 12.3. Uh, don't think of yourself or your opinion more highly than you ought. Romans 12.10. Be devoted to one another in love. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And so right here as we're hitting the word of God, what it should do is show us the, the hugeness of the gap between where we are and where God calls us. And then what that should do again is put us on our knees to say, God, I fall short, but with you, day by day, you're growing me into that person. I want to look more like Jesus day by day. Okay, so we, we see the gap, but it doesn't call us, cause us to go, well, I suck. That's the end of my Christian journey. But it goes, yeah, there's, there's gaps in me, but that's okay. Because my Christian journey isn't based upon me having to be perfect. If it was, let's just all switch off. It's based on the perfection of Jesus Christ. And so in Him and in growing more and more like Him every day, be devoted to one another in love, honour one another above yourselves. Verse 14, bless those who are nice to you. Bless those who persecute you. Why did you put that in the Bible, God? Romans 12, 16, live in harmony with one another. 17, don't repay evil for evil. 18, as if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Okay, so all of that together creates a bit of a flavour for the package that relationships God's way are designed to come in. And so let's look at two practical postures for us today as His people. Posture number one is to handle opinions with care. And I think we have, yeah, this nice little, nice little slide up here. Okay, handle opinions with care. Here are three things for us to remember with our opinion. Firstly, my opinion, your opinion is subjective. It's biased. It comes from a biased human being. It's not objective truth. It's biased. Our opinion is subjective. Secondly, it's incomplete. You probably don't know every detail on the thing that you're talking about. It's incomplete. And thirdly, we then have, it's limited. We have limited influence according to the given of the authority given to us in any given scenario. And so to help with that limited thing, it's like you may have an opinion on US politics. 
Okay, but your your opinion is is limited. You've got they don't give a rip about your opinion. You can't change anything in US politics by just having your opinion. But in your family, let's say take Melissa, in her family, her opinion matters way more than her opinion about US politics. Because in her family, she can bring change. Because her and Graham have been given authority in their family over their kids to bring change into that context. Okay, so there's there's it's less limited in that space because there's appropriate authority given. So for us to remember our opinion is subjective, that it's based upon our experiences, our disposition, our personality, our passions, our motivations, and then our, our stage of life, etc. cetera. Uh, it's incomplete. It's informed by how much we know or understand at any given time, and it's limited. So it's interesting. My, my opinion on parenting pre-having children is very different to my opinion on parenting since having children. My opinion on raising teenagers. Before I had teenagers, when I had perfect little primary school children. Very different to then actually having, we now have three high schoolers. And, and so my opinion has been shaped because of my experiences. And, and so I, it, it's different now, it's rounded out. And so we know what it's like when we had a really strong opinion, but then over time through whatever our learnings, our experience, we then shaped our opinion uh, because we knew a little bit, we knew a little bit more. And so here's, here's a really a helpful tip for us to, to remember that when you are giving your opinion, when we're giving our opinion, let us exercise humility. And this is the opposite spirit to our world right now. When we're giving our opinion, let it have the flavor of humility, the sound of humility. Now you have the right, it's good, you have the right to your opinion, but it doesn't make it right, it doesn't make it helpful, and it doesn't make it actionable. And so again, for us to remember this and so that to park ourselves in a place of humility. So what might this look like if we're engaging in conversation with someone? It's helpful to use I-based statements as opposed to you-based statements. So conversationally, it, it's then less blaming and less accusatory. So something like this, instead of why the heck would you XYZ? It could be something like, I'm a little bit unsure about XYZ. Can you help me understand? We could reach the answer going the unhelpful way and maybe cause distance and dislocation in the relationship and maybe never even find the answer because of what it does, or we can use this way of humility and see a relationship strengthened as we engage with a question. I'm a little unsure. Can you, can you help me understand, not blaming, but curious? And so another example, uh, maybe, maybe we could feel something like, I, Seriously, cannot believe that you didn't. And maybe you've thought this even today about someone in your household. 
And instead of a statement like that, it could be, hey, can we get on the same page here? I'm not sure we both have the same expectations. Uh, there's a nice little flavour of humility in there and it leaves room for God to move. So the, the second part of this is when, so that's when we're giving our opinion, humility. And if you look online, very rarely will you see that. Very rarely. So the flavour that's coming in, if we've got kids and teenagers, the flavour that's coming in is the opposite of humility. It's got a prideful, my opinion matters and I've got to get it. Doesn't, I don't care what it does to you. I'm just going to vomit this thing on you. And it could be completely wrong that we could have 1% of the information and then comment on it like we know. And that, that's, that's a prideful positioning and we've got to fight that in ourselves. And, and so give our opinion with humility. But also when we receive someone's opinion, and so people have all sorts of interesting opinions. And the, the more you're involved in leadership, the more opinions that come your way uh, at you. But uh, there's a helpful place here for us as we receive opinions actually with curiosity. Not discounting too quickly, but with curiosity. And, and so it's, it's important to ask if something comes our way that even isn't nice, and, and even if someone does it the wrong way in how they're relating to us, to still approach it with with a level of curiosity, could there be a kernel of truth here for me? Is there, a, is there somewhere, even if someone has been highly offensive to us, is there a little part of this, there's a little kernel of truth there that I can learn from, which is actually strangely a gift from God for the development of my character? And when we remember that their opinion is subjective, incomplete and limited, it hurts a whole lot less, even when we're being vomited on. And so then we're able to be a little less easily offended or quickly offended. We can be a little, little more distant and actually now ask some questions with this curiosity frame going, wow, is there something here that can help actually shape me more like Christ? And that's a powerful place for us to be able to live in a world like ours. Let's, let's stand. Let's stand. Just have a look at, at our little slide there. That's a nice picture of a human. It's a really long torso. I just think, I think MJ's got a really long torso. Short legs. That has nothing to do with the message. <laughs> just want you to, to have a look here and, and just go, God, what here can be helpful for me right now? What are you encouraging me with or challenging me with? Where's a reminder? So now just where you stand, if you just want to close your eyes, and can I ask you just to hold your hands open in front of you? That it is so important for you and I together to have this openness before the Lord. God, I'm a work in progress. Do your best work in me.
I thank you for the good work you've started, you'll carry it to a point of completion. Thank you that you're the author and perfecter of faith. And so, Lord, we surrender our journeys to you. We surrender our opinions to you. We thank you, Lord, that none of this means we have to belittle ourselves. We have to hold back where you've given us a voice into certain circumstances. But, Lord, we ask that you would do a work in us so that the flavor of heaven would be heard in our communication. Lord, that even where we have to come and bring difficult words, where we have to address certain things, Lord, that there would be a beautiful humility that doesn't undermine strength, that amplifies it. Because Jesus, you walked around and, and in your humility, there was unbelievable strength. And so would you shape us more like Jesus? Do your best work in us, God, that the world would see us and not hear the sound of heaven in our voice. They'd see this picture, this shining light of heaven as they see the way we do life together, the way we do our relationships. And God, we clearly need your help. And so come and help us, great spirit of God. Thank you that we are strong in the Lord and in his mighty strength. So strengthen us in this, we ask. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can grab your chair. If that sounded like the end of the message, it wasn't. We're halfway through. Why are we praying already? Isn't that at the end? Okay, posture number two. <coughs> posture number two. When hurt in relationships, walk forward as far as you can. When hurt in relationships, walk forward as far as you can. Or walk as far on the reconciliation journey as you can. So here we have three three postures that we're going to talk about. First one is forgiveness. Second one is reconciliation. And the third one is trust. It's a process. It's a journey. Forgiveness, reconciliation, trust. Forgiveness first, then possibly reconciliation, and then possibly trust. Walk as far on the journey as you can. Let's unpack this a little. Forgiveness has to do with the past. Forgiveness only takes one person, and that's us. And forgiveness is, is making the decision to not hold something against them for what they've done. Forgiveness doesn't say that what they've done is okay. Forgiveness says I'm not going to be tied to it for the rest of my life. And so I let go. Just the way that I hope that Christ would do the same for me. That as a sinner, I come before God and I ask for his forgiveness. And so as we do that, God, because of the work of Christ, extends forgiveness to us. And we're called to follow in those same footsteps. And so the challenge for us is that forgiveness when we have been wronged horribly is so, so difficult. It's so, so difficult. And so I don't want to fast track this or fast forward this. And, and as a high school chaplain, I, I sat with teenagers who had faced things that were truly horrific. That it's hard to even hear, let alone contemplate people having to walk through. 
and some of those kids who ended up coming along to youth and, and starting a journey towards Christ and, and one particular story of, of a girl who had had some truly horrendous things happen to her when she was younger and this journey that she was on of discovering Jesus and knowing her need for forgiveness and then having this growing sense that she needed to forgive to find freedom but the wrestle that that was the incredible profound difficult wrestle and I remember at, at a youth camp we were out back, back in the day when I was a youth leader back feels like a hundred years ago now my kids won't let me go to youth anymore and, and speak and please don't um, say okay okay teenage punks uh, I love them they're amazing uh, so at, at this youth camp after one of the sessions this this girl was like Jay so I need to forgive I need to forgive my dad and my brother and I I, I can't I can't and so this became an hour and a half conversation as she bounced around this need, this desire to, to forgive and let go. And she knew that the Holy Ghost was prompting this work, that, that God was calling her to freedom. And until she fully let go, that she would be bound to something God did not want her to be bound to. And so this through this process, and, and, and eventually, as this work was done in her heart, where, where the words came out of her mouth, it took an hour and a half, and there was, there was this, I f she couldn't, like the word forgive, I like, and, and she would freeze, and it was probably something like 15 minutes then after she had determined that she was going to, to even like get that word out, I and eventually, as she says, I forgive my dad. I forgive my brother, and I forgive my, my mom, I forgive my sister. And it just, these tears were rolling in this, this extraordinary journey that now sees that this girl, at least 10, 15 years on from that, living a life to the full that Christ has called her to with her own family and freedom and not being bound to something that the enemy wants her bound to and subject to, but forgiveness had to be extended. And so if, if that's a journey for you and there is forgiveness to be released, then forgiveness isn't easy, but it's not optional. For followers of Christ, forgiveness isn't easy, but it's, it's actually not optional. Unforgiveness wars against the victory of the cross. It stands in opposition to the message of the cross. And so we, we actually put up a barrier for God to move in us and lead us to freedom when we refuse to <laughs> let forgiveness roll to others. And so go on that journey. And if you've had some, some deep trauma there, then, then don't walk through that alone. Let someone walk with you. If you, if you need to take that, that journey of freedom, God calls us into community. It's not something just to stand in isolation and feel you should be able to just... There are so many things where... God would say, hey, together, you're going to get victory. Hey, together with beautiful people around you, with, with opening up to someone that you trust and, and doing a process with them, that that's where, that's where healing can come. And so do that. And so here we've just, we've talked about forgiveness on, on those, the hardcore things. But you know, there's also the daily things, the little things. Like here, here's one. We are, uh, Ryan Stubbs, uh, Great guy at HH and I coach a basketball team with our kids. 
saw some of the Sawtells at Bebo. And so in a team we had a, a little while ago, there was a dude in the team who's not with us anymore. And, and we, were, we were training and this, this kid is just really arrogant. And he said something to me at Pratt that just seriously ticked me off. Like just got right under my skin. I'm like, you little punk. We're giving up our time to coach you. And do you want to go one-on-one -on -one right now? I'll, uh, I'll tell you, like he's 12. Um, it's not like, well, I'm such a hero. Uh, so, and I realized a couple of days later, I, no, I needed to forgive this guy. I've been carrying that grudge against this little 12 year old who doesn't know any better. It's not like he's grown up and he should know how to be mature. He's a kid, of course he's immature. Man, I'm plenty immature sometimes. So I had to forgive. And so I, I had to repent to God and say, God, I'm sorry. Help me love this kid. I might have said, help me love this little jerk first. And then I'm like, God, help, help, me, help me love this precious, precious one that you love in a way I can't even comprehend. Uh, and so... So help me, and so it's the big things and the little things for us to extend, extend forgiveness. So forgiveness takes one person, us. Doesn't matter where the other person's at, whether they deserve our forgiveness or not, that doesn't even enter the equation. And Christ models this. As he says, Father, forgive them. As he's hanging on a tree. They did not deserve forgiveness. And he extended it anyway. And that is who we're called to be. Far out. How does that yell to the world that we're different? When we can be those type of people. But help us, God, far out. Help us. So forgiveness has to do with one. So reconciliation is the next step. So we're all called. Every time we're offended or wounded or feel something, anything that would be between us and another person, we're called to forgive. We're called to forgive. I must forgive. We step into forgiveness as quick as we can. Every time, every time, quick to forgive. That's who we are. And then we, we look to step forward into reconciliation. Now, forgiveness has to do with the past and it only takes one, it takes us. But as you can see here, reconciliation, it has to do with the present. It has to do with the, with the coming together of both parties now, but it actually takes two people to reconcile. We can't force reconciliation on someone else or them on us. It takes two people. And so in some cases, we can't step forward into reconciliation if someone else closes the door. And that's okay. If we've forgiven, then the door for reconciliation is open should that ever become appropriate, should that become an opportunity. And so we, we carry this heart, again, this ministry of reconciliation, that we carry that heart in us looking for the opportunity to reconcile wherever we can. And then, and then we look for the next step, that if we can step into reconciliation, there is still another step and that's trust. And so just because we've, because sometimes we can get hung up and we think forgiveness means that it's just throwing the door wide open to the future and now we're going to trust but some people are not worthy of that trust because of previous actions and it would actually be dangerous just to open the doorway of trust to people and so there is wisdom for us to walk into here so trust has to do with the future trust has to do with the future and it often takes many to rebuild trust 
and a community to then observe, especially if someone has broken trust in a substantial way, then it takes many eyes and many discerning souls to then go, where is it appropriate to walk this journey of trust out? So again, God's heart in this is that we would walk the whole journey. But our posture in this is that we just walk as far forward as we can. And so every time we're offended, we're quick to forgive. And then we're looking for opportunities to reconcile. And so I, I know, oh, this is, this is big. Uh, so I know a lady who was married. So husband and wife married and husband had an affair with this lady over here. And then the, the marriage broke up uh, later because of other things. But, but this, this lady here whose husband did that, she's friends with this lady here now. Because God was leading her on that journey. And, and so she forgave. She reconciled and then over years and over a decade learned to trust this person as a close friend. And so God can do things that blow the human mind. And he calls us to walk a journey that doesn't make sense. And even to walk a journey that we're not capable of walking ourselves. <laughs> but then he gets the glory. And the world sees a humility in our walk and a relentless pursuit of doing life together that breaks the, the norms of what our world would see. And again, that we would do this with wisdom and guided by the Holy Spirit and, and in community and, and using the collective wisdom at times and other discerning people around us. But that there's this incredible lean into us that, that says, God, would, would you help me do relationships in a way that is just from a different universe? which represents the, the perfect trinity. That's the way that you do relationship with inside of yourself, God. Would, would you help me to be someone who lives that? So can we stand again? Just go ahead, close your eyes and open your hands. You read these scriptures over us and we'll pray. Again from Romans 12. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Bless those who persecute you. Live in harmony with one another. Don't repay evil for evil. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so, Lord, as we've spent this time together with you, again, Lord, we, we submit our whole selves before you. Lord, would you, would you work in our hearts? Would the love of Christ compel us? Would your love be alive in our hearts to shape us in how we do relationships? Lord, would there be a way of seeing and then walking that is truly not of this world, but is the ways of heaven, the ways of the kingdom. Lord, build that into us. 
Lord, let us be a part of this glorious family of God that would be a model for the world to see, that it could somehow see you through the way we love each other. And so, God, I need your help. We need your help. And so we humbly again come before you and say, Great Spirit of God, would you fill us with your power? Would you supernaturally break off all that is from the old, the old self, let it be broken away. Lord, the the self that wants to, to cling to things that are not for us to cling to. And so Lord, let us go, let us help us let go of all of that, that we can take a hold of you and your love and your strength. So we receive this for your glory, for your glory. And so God, every day on planet earth, help us do relationships more like Jesus. Help us do relationships in your power. Help us see the person next to us, in front of us, behind us, with eyes of faith, through the love of Christ. Lord, when people wrong us, oh, would you do something in us that we could respond in the way you're calling us to? In a way that baffles, but it's like this glorious spotlight of heaven as truly in that moment, heaven meets earth. And so help us, God. We step forward in your strength for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.